Welcome to Savage. I'm your host, Kelsey Kenry, CEO, wife, and mom of three. This is where you find the aligned strategy and mindset shifts to unleash your power, unlock your freedom, and step into your full potential as a CEO. Every episode is full of tough love and hard truths with a side of tactical guidance to expand your success. You ready? Let's do the damn thing. Welcome to the Bravehearted Podcast, where we are changing the way you get inspiration by allowing you to hear resilience and victory in hard stories. We discuss new methods on handling life situations so you can show up confidently in your life. We are different because instead of just giving you inspiration through stories, we give you actionable tools to make the change that you want to make. Let's live bravely today. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 13 of the Bravehearted Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about overcoming obstacles and challenges. And we all have these certain challenges or excuses that come up that we have to face and work through. And so we want to give you guys a little bit of some insight on how to work through these things. Before we get started, I do want to say that some of the material we talk about is deep and can sometimes be controversial. Please use headphones when listening in public or around children. And if you don't know already, my name is Kelsey Kenry, and I am a personal development coach and speaker working with women all over the world to find their confidence again. I love working with moms especially because we can feel so stuck and so overwhelmed, so it's nice to find our purpose. And here with me, as usual, is Mindy. How are you? Hey. Hey, guys. I'm Mindy Mercurio, and I am a career coach and business guru, and I spend my time helping exhausted women find their true purpose in life. Super excited about today's episode. So I think that, you know, everybody can relate to the obstacles in life, whether they're you know, big, small, whether it's something that it's a true obstacle or maybe it's just an obstacle that's in our head that we think is an obstacle. Um, So Kelsey, why don't we kick it off with talking about what obstacles really are? So I love that you brought up the point about like sometimes obstacles, there's like real obstacles and there's obstacles in our head, which obviously feel real to us. So You know, an obstacle or a challenge can really be anything. And I love to obviously throw the word excuse in there too, because sometimes we're just blocking ourselves by creating obstacles for ourselves versus things actually arising. So obstacles can be a number of things. It can be, you know, when you're driving to work and you get the flat tire It can be when you're starting a new project and all of a sudden you get fired. It can be when you are kicking off your business and then you figure out you're pregnant. It could be a million different things. And a lot of it, like I said, is is in our perception of things if we're viewing it as something that's an obstacle. But I also really like the word challenge because I think if we change the word obstacle or an I can't to a... this is going to be hard. It kind of gives us that little glimmer of like, what can I do to work through this? 
Yeah, absolutely. And something that I think is important too is, you know, is this something that's in your control, right? So mm-hmm. there's a, a lot of different obstacles. I think, you know, there's the obstacle of like, I can control this. This is something that I've done that I can change. And then there's stuff that's not controllable. Um, I like to talk with my team a lot about controlling the controllables. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, external obstacles that are outside of your control. So the weather, you know, if you're hosting a party and supposed to be outdoors and it starts to pour the rain, you know, obviously you can't have the outdoor party, but what can you do, right? So I think it's important that we talk about how you can control those things that are in your control and how you handle those things that are out of your control. Yeah. And I mean, when you think about like, okay, so what, what is an obstacle? Obviously Mm -hmm. it's like you and I both said, it can be something small. It can be something big. It can be something that we're creating. So there's the external obstacles, like you said, you know, things like the weather, things like (laughs) obviously natural disasters. And then there's of course, internal obstacles. So these are things that, like you said, you have control over things like the, your time, things like your skills, your talent, your availability. So they are internal, but also you still, these are things you have control over. And then beyond that, there is Habitual obstacles. So these are things that are recurring. And I think this kind of falls into the category of the things that are in our head and the things that require some sort of behavioral change on our side to get through. Yeah. And I think that we've all seen the habitual obstacles not only in other people, but in ourselves. But it's really easy when you're from the outside looking in to see somebody else's habitual obstacles. And you're like, man, if you would just quit like overextending yourself or if you would just like put some time on your calendar for you, then that like this problem that you're telling me about would not be such an issue for you. And it's so funny, you know, when you think about your own obstacles and I do this to myself too. Like, I'm like, oh man, I don't have time for this. Or, oh man, I've got so much to do. And really it's because I have this habit of not writing things down or I have this habit of not giving myself enough time in the day and not like really thinking through how much time something's going to take and overextending myself because I maybe I overbelieve in myself or I think that I can get more done in a certain amount of time than I can. So those habitual obstacles are really a challenge for so many people. Yeah. And we all have them. Like that's the thing. That's the thing. And and why this is so important for us to talk about is there's not a single person that hasn't faced some sort of obstacle that hasn't been like kind of, you know, waking up and everything's cool. And then it's like, bam, this happens. And like I said, that can be so, such a variety of things, but it usually falls into, um, it usually falls into one of those three categories. And obviously the thing about, like you were saying, there's certain things that are those controllables that it's just about, okay, 
taking responsibility and ownership for that, just like you said, it's like, okay, well, you know, when I overextend myself or when I don't set a boundary or when I don't write something down, like that screws me over. And, you know, a lot of this really does really do relate back to time. And that's one of the reasons why I put out the time management toolkit because it was something that when I actually asked on my Instagram, what are you struggling with or what is an obstacle for you that's preventing you from moving forward or reaching a goal? Like hundreds of people, time, time. I need more time. I need more time. So just as a little side note, I did take my exact scheduling routine, write it down, and I'm offering it as a free resource. So We'll link that to you guys in uh, the show notes for this. But, you know, time is something that I think we all could use help with. And I think once you realize, like a lot of these internal obstacles, once you realize, like you said, to control the controllables, I love that, then it gives you, like, it's it's taking back your power. It's realizing, oh, shit, like, first it's kind of that yucky feeling of, like, okay, I got to take responsibility for this. Like, this is my fault. Like I'm broke because I'm not trying to get a better paying job or I'm not trying to move up in my company or I'm not asking for a raise or whatever. Like once you take responsibility for that, then it's like, oh shit, like now I have to do something about it. Yeah. And I think that kind of also takes it into, and we'll get into this, why we should work to overcome them. But you're so right. Like that power that you get back once you have overcome an obstacle, once, especially one that, you know, like it's something that you did to yourself, like you put yourself in a massive amount of debt or you don't have enough money to have the lifestyle that you want or the time to do the things that you want to do. Once you've taken that control back, made that change, and then you are on the other side of that, that feels incredible. And that's, you know, such a confidence builder. And it gives you the tools to go forward to say, okay, the next time an obstacle comes, I can handle this. Yeah. And that's a really great point is like, and we've talked about this in other episodes, especially with building confidence to where it's like once you get through it, if you just part of this is simply like I mentioned earlier, changing the language around it. I think if we mm-hmm. stop seeing things as an obstacle, because I feel like for me, I visualize an obstacle that's something that's like physically there, that's like, okay, this is going to be really hard to get through or stop me completely. I feel like the word challenge, and we all have words that resonate with us more, but challenge Mm -hmm. for me is like, oh, you think I can't? Like, watch this. You know what I mean? Like, I like that word. So Yeah, that's me too. Yeah, thinking about like your language around when something arises, because it could be simple as like, you know, when you get the flat tire and you're like, you can choose like, fuck this. My whole day's ruined. I'm yeah. going to be late for this meeting. I can't do this. And I can't do that. Or it's like the, what can I do? Okay. This is challenging. This sucks. All right. I need to call, let this person know I'm going to be late. I'm going to have to take this meeting and sit in my car while I wait for the tow truck. Like being the person that views it differently. And that's why I like the word challenge because I feel like 
you can overcome obstacles, you can overcome challenges, but it goes back to what you're saying about believing you have to believe that you can first. Yeah. And perspective is everything. I have this conversation a lot with people about your narrative and how you word things to yourself because positivity really makes a difference especially when you're coming up against a challenge because you're right. You could, you know, get the flat tire and be like, well, fuck my life days over. Like I can't do anything about this poor pitiful me. You Mm -hmm. sit there and throw a pity party and you waste a bunch of time. Okay. That's great. Like what else are you screwing yourself on for the rest of the day by acting that way? Mm -hmm. Or you could do what you said and like, how can I overcome this? Like, how can I work through this and what can I do? It's back to that controlling the controllables. And it's also like Marie Forleo says, everything is figure outable, right? Like no matter what it is, there is a way around it. You can figure it out. And it's all about how you take that attitude going into it and the narrative that you're telling yourself. Like, and that's twofold, right? Because the narrative about like how you're going to handle the challenge itself And then there's the narrative of, is this actually a challenge or not? Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. Because we all view things differently. So like somebody, and that's a really good point. I have so many thoughts right now. I'm thinking about how the progression over time of facing challenge after challenge plays a role here. Because if you, like, if I look back, And like, say I'm talking to a client, like that's the advantage of having experience and and having gone through like so many things is when somebody's in that position, I'm like, I feel you. I've been there. Here's what we need to do. But it's like when you're that person in that position, it's like you just feel stuck. Like all you see is the obstacle. So it's just that I think there's a balance of space you can take for yourself to kind of process. Like when you get the flat tire, you're not going to immediately get the flat tire, pull over on the side of the road or whatever, and then just be like, all right, what can I do? (laughs) I think it's going to be like, fuck, fuck this, fuck this car. This day sucks. And then it's like, all right, like now (laughs) what can I do here? You know what I mean? Yeah. I like to call that the one minute pity party. Yeah, exactly. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Like allow yourself some space to have that initial reaction, but don't stay there. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You have to give yourself some grace. You know, it's totally okay to be upset about things in life. Like I highly encourage that you let your feelings out instead of holding them in. Yes, please. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I do this with, you know, people that I'm coaching. I'm like, all right, So let's talk about how much this sucks for just a minute because, you know, nothing's worse than going to talk to somebody about something and they're like, you can do it. Everything's fine. Blah, blah, blah. No, no. Like you want somebody to kind of sympathize with you, but at the same time, you can't, like you said, you can't stay there forever. So you have to say, all right, this is what's going on. This is no fun. I'm not happy about it. I'm going to take a beat. Now I'm going to move on. And I do that all the time. And it's very helpful because, you know, it gives you the minute to clear your head so you can kind of think straight through what you need to do to overcome the challenge afterwards. Yeah. And I mean, it's all relevant based on what it is too. Like if something like devastates you and you need to take it, that's fine. But like staying there, I think 
when you start to stay too long, that's when the spiral begins of like, I can't do anything. I can't overcome this. I can't see through this. Like, and I've been there too. And I know like when you are in that bottom position and you feel like there's no light at the end of the tunnel, it's like, there's no way that I can overcome this. I mean, thinking about like freaking another DUI and a felony drug charge. I'm like, what am I going to do? Because your initial thoughts are like, everything's over, right? Like my life is over. I'll never get a job. I'll never be anything. Like all those are your initial thoughts. But then, like you said, you take that minute, which for me was definitely longer than a minute, but it was that choice in which I still remember sitting in my room and crying and thinking about like how I was going to have to change. But it was that flip of being, okay, I'm stuck here to, okay, I got to move forward. Yeah. I think that you can kind of tell, and maybe this is just me and you can tell me like if you felt this way, but so going through early menopause. So those of you, I don't know that I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I went through early menopause um, due to medical conditions. And it's the reason Mm -hmm. why Michael and I can't have kids and why we're adopting, but So going through early menopause comes with a lot of challenges and there were some challenges that I went through and I really had a hard time kind of grasping them and getting over them and and working through them. And so I got to a point where I started to feel myself feeling sorry for myself for too long. Right. Mm. And I knew I'd gotten to that point. Like I was sitting on the couch one day, I'll never forget this. And I was just like, kind of throw in the pity party, like, why me? Why do I have to struggle with this? You know, and there was lots of it that I'd already worked through because there's a lot of moving pieces to going through early menopause, especially in childbearing age. So, you know, this is past all the, like, I can't have kids. I'm sad about this stuff and moving into other things. But I was working through those parts and I was like, you know what? I have been sitting here too long and I've got to do something about it. And so I think that that self-reflection and being able to know when you've been sitting on a challenge for too long is really important. And what you do after you do that, the steps that you take after you realize that are crucial, like, because you have to make a decision. There's that point. And that point for me was sitting on the couch is like, am I going to continue to sit here and let this defeat me? Or am I going to take ownership of this and do something about it? And I did. So, you know, made some doctor's appointments had some great conversations, found out there was stuff that could be done to help with what I had going on. And, you know, had I just sat there and continued to throw the pity party, I'd still be in the same spot right now. But that took a really long time. But my point is, is that you have to, you have to be able to self-reflect and figure out where you are in that process, right? And I don't know if you kind of felt the same way when you were going through it. Yeah. I mean, I think self-reflection, like you said, and I think we physically can and mentally definitely can feel like, wow, I've been like depressed for a long time or I've felt stuck for a long time. Like we are aware of who we are. It's just like we choose not to tap into that or choose to ignore that a lot of times. But, you know, there's just so many reasons like why we need to work to overcome obstacles. And obviously it's like, there's 
the one of the biggest ones is like you already touched on. It's just the fact of of building confidence to be able to move forward in something else later. Like if you can write that one page paper, like later on you can write the five page paper. It's like, you know, and you don't realize the skill set that you build within the challenges too. So it's about confidence and also, you know, getting new new skills and learning what you're capable of. Yeah, absolutely. The the opening your eyes to your capabilities is huge because you tell yourself again that narrative, right? So you tell yourself, I can't do this. I'm not capable of this. This is too big for me. And then you do the thing and you're successful at it, or maybe you're not, but you tried, right? Mm -hmm. And so you can go into your next challenge and say, all right, I obviously, it's so funny you say this, actually. I was just having this conversation this morning uh, with somebody, you know, she was talking about this challenge that she was facing and um, she's like, you know, I guess it just gets easier with practice. And I was like, yeah, absolutely, it gets easier with practice. I was, you know, and I kind of talked her through when I went through a similar challenge. It was all about anxiety and owning your leadership role. And she's new to leadership. And so I was talking about when I was new to leadership, you know, I absolutely had anxiety and felt like I didn't belong. And, you know, I was managing people. I was 19 years old and I was managing people in their 60s. You want to talk about like a culture shock and like trial by fire. My boss literally like gave me an entire team of 60 year olds. I was like, man, I am 19 years old and you expect me to tell these 60 year olds what to do. Have you lost your mind? And at first it was challenging because I didn't believe in myself. And so I just kept doing it and I kept, you know, facing the challenge every day. I'd go into work and I'd be like, okay. Somebody's going to tell me that I don't know anything today. What am I going to do about this? And it happened all the time. And I'd have to have these performance conversations with people. And they'd be like, you don't know anything. I've been doing this for 40 years. And I'm like, that's great. You know, I totally respect how long you've been doing this. Um, You know, I just, here's some ideas that I had. And so I was talking to her about the anxiety that I used to have. And sometimes I still do have, and that's okay. Um, Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, it's just about continuing to practice and continuing to face that every day. And it gets easier because now, you know, I'm in my 30s, but I still manage people who are older than me. And I don't have that anxiety anymore because Mm -hmm. I worked through that challenge to own my own skills and be confident in that. So I think that is really, really important. It does open your eyes to your own capabilities and help you build that confidence. Yeah, I love that you brought that up too, because that's, I feel like that's really common. And that's a really good thing to touch on is like being put in new positions to whether it's a new job or a new house or you're a new parent or whatever, you're put in this position and you're thrown in and you're like, what am I doing? Because even especially like with parenting, it's like, okay, you just want me to like take this thing that's alive home with me. And then like, what do I do with it? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but you figure it out. You know what I mean? And so I think if people would have the perspective of like, okay, what, remember what you have figured out in your life, you got through that, didn't you? And I had a conversation with a client yesterday who was offered a position and it was a leadership position. And she's kind of telling herself like, 
oh, I'm not really a leadership position. I literally made her write a list of all of her fears. And there was like 10 things or something. And literally two of them were like factual. Everything else was just things that she was telling herself. And so we had the com- a similar conversation like you just said about just why not try? Yep, exactly. You might get there and be like, shit, this is what I was meant for. And you don't know that unless you give yourself the opportunity by just just flipping your perspective from I can't to I can't yet, but I will, or I can do this part of it or something. But if you put yourself, if you look at it as putting yourself in a new place to where something, there's something there for you, even if it's like you said, even if it's something that you go in and it sucks or you fail or whatever, still serves a purpose. Yeah. It makes you tougher and stronger, right? It, right. It helps you build thicker skin. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that that is so vital in life, you know, just, just being able to handle things easier every time they're thrown at you. So I'm going to let you talk about this, actually, because I think that, you know, like this was such a great pick from you for a book club. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you guys, just a quick shout out, if you're not part of our book club, it's absolutely free. Um, it's called the Bravehearted Book Club. We are on Facebook. We have a Facebook group, but it's on Kelsey's website and we'll link it in the show notes. But you can join the book club. We read a new book every month. And then at the end of the month, we have a really awesome conversation about it and a Zoom call. So make sure you check it out. But we read the book Grit by Angela Duckworth this last month. And oh my God, I have never loved a book so much in my entire life. Yeah, it's really funny, like the timing, I feel like, of this. Because Mindy and I obviously are planners and managers. So we have our podcast planned out. And so it just so happens that we literally finished this book and had our book club meeting this week that we're recording this podcast. So it's meant to be, but you know, the book Grit was probably one of my favorite books that I've read. And it talks about passion and perseverance. And my word of the year this year is resilience. And I feel like that's always a word that I go back to. And it's just a reminder, like I was just talking about, of when something hard arises, I just go back to like, you went through this already. So you can get through this thing that's in front of you too. And in this book, it's very interestingly written because she has so much data that backs up it's all, all, all about grit, obviously, and, and persevering through things. So she has so much data from this grit. Was it a quiz? What's it? What was it called? Not a quiz. This grit. What was it called? It wasn't a test. It was like a, oh, what did she call it? Scale. She called it the grit scale. Yeah. Um, grit scale. I have it on the bookshelf next to me. But anyway, she, it was like a questionnaire and she had all these, teams from different, it was like the green berets and like she had people that were school age fill it out. There were certain tests where there was people that they followed from like teen years um, up into their twenties. It's just very interesting because a lot of like self-help books, I think can kind of be on one side or the other to where they're like the go, 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 you can do it. Or it's like, okay, here's what your brain's doing and here's what, and I think all of it's fascinating personally, Mm -hmm. but This one I felt like was a perfect combination of the two because it was like, 
here's the data and here's also like real life examples. And there's, you know, just talking about people who continued to show up to situations regardless of whatever their obstacles were. It was like overcoming, you know, there was the the swimmer that was like, oh, you're not good enough. And it was like, okay, well, I'm going to just keep showing up because then I can get better. And basically the summary of it is that if you keep showing up, if you persevere and you just keep putting yourselves in the position to be challenged, you will be more successful than somebody who is talented in the same area, which I thought was like really resonated with me because I'm not somebody who's had like, I don't want to say I don't have a lot of talents because that would be self-deprecating, but I'm not somebody like anything that I've ever like, any sport I've ever tried or like Eric always makes fun of like how I high I can jump. Like <laughs> I can't not, jump at all. <laughs> like I'm not anything that I've ever tried. Again, I've never been consistent with any sport except for like powerlifting and strength training, but anything that I even with being consistent, I've always been like mediocre. You know what I mean? I don't have, there's people I believe that are just born with talent. Naturally gifted people. Exactly. Exactly. And I don't think that I'm one of those people for a lot of areas. And so for me, it was like, this is cool. So like the, this, if I just keep showing up, if I just keep trying, I'm going to get better. And I could eventually be better than somebody who was just born with talent that doesn't have the same grit as I do. Yeah, I really love the example of the spelling bee kids. Um, yes. So she talks about these kids in the spelling bee, and they followed them for years. And, you know, there's the kids with the higher IQs that are just naturally gifted. But they found that the kids that were, like, studying harder and doing more and continuing to work at it were the ones that were actually doing the best, right? So I really think that your effort – like we talk about this too, is effort in, energy out, right? So the mm-hmm. effort that you put into something is the energy that you're going to get out of it. So if you continue to just do the hard things, right? So, and, and she talks about the hard thing rule in her book too, um, is if you continue to do the hard things, you're going to continue to become stronger and tougher and better every single time. And oh, I can't remember who it is. I feel like it's like Michael Jordan, there's some kind of professional athlete that says, I may not be the most like gifted, but I will be the hardest worker in the room every time. Mm -hmm. And I think that that has to do, that's that grit skill, right? So like, you'll never outwork me. Like you, you may be more talented than I am and that's fine. That's awesome. Like you, you have that natural gift and it's easier for you, but you're not going to outwork me. I'm going to work the hardest. And I think that that definitely has, you know, everything to do with handling challenges because you have to work hard to to work through those and the more of them that you do the easier it gets to do the hard work and to do the hard things yeah i mean and that's the thing is you just you it's also there's the you become it's a habit you become yeah. the per, the person that does the hard things and i think you know another big reason on like why we have to do this work and why we have to do the hard things to overcome obstacles is really you have to think about how you're impacting others, whether this is as a leader, 
whether it's as a mother, whether it's as a friend, like I am, I have the view that we are all in leadership roles. Like we, in, in some way, there's one person that is looking up to every single person. Like that's, that's what I believe. And, you know, you being someone who continues to show up to something can be that inspiration for somebody else who's like, oh, well, I don't really have, like, I'm not very good at that. And it's like, well, me neither, but we just going to, we're just going to keep trying. We're just going to keep showing up. Like, that's the thing. It's like, you know, when I was like, all right, I want to do hip hop dance. Like, this would be fun. This would be cool. I go to the hip hop dance place. I go to the class first. I'm like, oh my God, I'm fucking awful. This is so, I was frustrated. I felt like an idiot. And of course it was like my expectations for myself. Like I'm going to walk in there and be like some professional dancer, of course. And then I'm like, okay, I'm just going to do private lessons. And then that didn't work out. And then it was like, okay, so what am I going to do? And then I found the only other thing that I found literally one other option. And it's like almost a 30 minute drive. And it's like the time when I'm usually with my kids and I'm like, you know what though? Like I told myself I was going to do this. So I'm at least going to try. I'm at least going to yeah. go and I'm going to try. And so it's like, you don't know. And like just posting that on my Instagram that I went to a new thing. People are like, it's so cool that like you're, you're not. And I was afraid. Like, I remember texting you. I was like, so yeah, scared. You were. Like, you were <laughs> like, terrified. I didn't know. Like, I'm here. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So it's like, that's the thing. And that goes with what we always say about like seeing the fear and doing it anyways. But like you don't realize that you are a leader, that every single person is a leader and that by you working to overcome things, it inspires other people to do the same. Yeah, absolutely. And I think so. I don't know how many parents we have that listen to our podcast, probably a ton. And I'm not a parent yet, but Mike and I talk about this a lot because we are on like the path to becoming parents is we never want our kids to see like that we just give up on things and that Mm -hmm. we just let life defeat us, right? We let challenges defeat us. We talk about the victim card a lot, you know, so we have people in our lives that we know that like it's, it's the victim card when a challenge comes and it's poor pitiful me and, you know, people that we've been around a long time that we've seen in their lives doing that. And we talk all the time about how when we're parents, we never want our kids to look at us and say, my mom or dad played the victim card. My mom and dad backed off of challenges. My mom and dad didn't rise to the occasion. So when we have challenging things in our lives now, because we have tons of them. I mean, adoption in itself is a challenge. There's always something new that we have to do. Paperwork or videos or chasing down people for paperwork and we could just say, this is too hard. You know, this is too much work. We're just going to give up, forget it. You know, we don't, we don't need kids. We'll just, you know, go live our happy lives, whatever. But it's, you know, it's something that we want. So we're doing everything to make it happen. doesn't matter. But we, you know, we talk about that when we face a challenge is, you know, what example do we want to set for our kids one day, you know, and we have to practice that now. So when we do have kids and even more tough things come like, you know, medical issues or, you know, hard conversations about things that happen at school or just trying days where all the kids are screaming and nothing seems to be going right. And the brother is smack the sister and 
somebody's crying because they have yogurt all over their face. Um, you know, <laughs> or if you're Brooklyn, you don't care. You just like the yogurt on your face. Oh my God. <laughs> those videos are so cute. Um, but I'm sure that's not fun for you, but it, you know, like we, we want to make sure that we're ready for that. And, you know, as a parent, you have to remember, even when they're little, everything that you do impacts them and what they see from you, they carry into their adulthood. And that's, practices that they're going to have to break if they're not good practices. Yeah, that's a really good point. And there's two things that I think that you that you said that made me think. And it was about like, the first thing was choosing the easy thing, choosing the easy thing and the hard moment is going to make things harder later on. Yep. Almost always. Always, every time. Because then you have to double back and do double work. Exactly. Exactly. And that was just something that I thought of because I'm like, pretty much every single time something hard comes up and you're like, oh, let me just like you turn this one real quick. Then it's like, uh, you're going to get back on that same path. It's going to arise again. So why don't you just get through it, learn your skills and move forward. So yeah, I think it's important, really important that like when you're in the moment and you're like, I can't to really think about the fact that like, if you do the hard thing now, it's going to make it easier later Mm -hmm. um, versus the opposite. And the other thing that I wanted to touch on was going back to grit the book. I was fascinated by the parenting chapter. There was kind of two chapters that touched on different things in parenting, but about how the kids that they followed from teen years into their 20s, how the ones that ended up being more successful basically were the ones that were put in an extracurricular activity and had to stay in it for, it was, I believe, at least a year. And then after that for maybe, was it older kids? I don't remember the exact details, but then it was a year and then it was two years. Yep. Or maybe that was her part of her hard rule, which I love. i love her. I love this book, but just like, that's such a small thing that relates back to like parenting and just putting yourself in an activity and being like, I'm going to ride this out for like at least a year. Yep. Or, you know what I mean? To where it's like, okay, I'm not going to quit on myself because I hit that rough patch. Like first you do the hard thing and there's a rough patch in it and not, then you're like, oh, I'm out. This is too hard. Like, okay, like make a promise to yourself. So I just, I thought that was really interesting. And I think that it, it's really good for us as parents, but also as people, like you said, cause it goes back to leading by example, like don't be a quitter and then be the person that's on the sidelines when your kid's upset and wants to quit. That's like, you can't quit. You got to keep trying. Like you're, that doesn't make sense. You're no. a hypocrite. Yeah, exactly. So I think now's a good time to segue into, you know, the how on all of this. So how do we overcome these challenges? How do we move forward from this? And I think the number one, like biggest way to overcome something is to become aware to the choice of action, Mm -hmm. right? So knowing that you have to do something about this challenge and that you have the choice to take action on it instead of just sitting in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, and it's such a small, that's just that switch. Like I was talking about is mm-hmm. when you're sitting there and 
like I said, we we're aware of where we're at. So when you're sitting in it and you're like, oh, I'm so stuck. I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so exhausted. Okay. You made your awareness. It's the first step. Now what? Right. And I think that that kind of goes right into like just doing something hard, like choosing, make that action mean something to you. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter how small it is, but make it meaningful. Like this is a funny thing that I do, but sometimes on the mornings to where I'm not motivated because it's early and I don't love getting up at 5 a.m. I just do it anyways. But it's like sometimes when I'm not motivated, I'll finish up because I usually strength train. And then if I have more time before I need to shower and get the kids and stuff, then I'll, I'll ride the Peloton. And I'll catch myself sometimes being like, oh, I don't really feel like riding today. And as soon as I say that, or as soon as I think that, I just clip in, I get on the bike, and I just pick a ride. And it's like, those are some of usually my best rides because I'm like, all right, well, I'm here, so I might as well do it. But it's like doing that hard thing because I don't, the Peloton has a bunch of rides. Shout out to Peloton for being my favorite thing ever. Where's my coupon code? <laughs> Um, but like that, even if it's like a 15 minute ride and I really push myself, Mm -hmm. I will be in a better mood. It will make my day better because I'm like, shit. Yeah. Like I did something hard. (laughs) You know, it's so funny that you say that because I went to, um, speaking of riding, I went to cycle bar. Is it yesterday? It was yesterday, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was cold and I am the biggest baby when it's cold. Being in the cold (laughs) is very hard for me. That is definitely a hard thing. Seems silly, but it is. So I got up, it was cold. I was like, I don't want to get out of this bed. I'm going to do it. All right. Put my clothes on. I get to cycle bar. I'm sitting in front of cycle bar and I'm like, I'm tired. It's freezing. I don't want to get out of the car. I don't want to go in. And the second I said that, I was like, well, all right, here you go. Flung the door (laughs) open. And it was the best ride I'd ever had. I was so, like, I got out of that ride. Like, I felt so motivated the second I clipped in the bike. Got out, walked out, and found out that I'd, like, done, like, way better than I've ever done, like, at a cycle bar class. Like, I'm usually, like, dead last. And I was, like, 19th, which was awesome. I was super excited out of 40 people. So there you go. Poof, poof, brag on myself a little bit. Um, (laughs) But it's the point. It's the same thing, right? Like, when you do the hard thing, the thing that you don't want to do, even if it's small, it builds that momentum to create better habits, right? And it gives you that confidence that, like, doing that small, hard thing, you can do other hard things. Yeah, exactly. Which goes into the next thing about overcoming and how do we overcome and it's building momentum. And the way you build momentum is just starting with something small and like, you know, a 15 minute Peloton ride might mean a five minute walk for you. That might mean getting up five minutes earlier in order to do a gratitude journal, just something that resonates with you, that propels you to start just that little bit of that, like you're pushing the the rock up the mountain, like just little, like just one step, just one little, little thing today. And I think, you know, when you do one little thing, then it's like, okay, I did that. Okay, I can handle. It's like what I said about you write one page, then you can write two pages, and then you can write three pages, and then you can write four pages. But if you never write one page, you're not getting anywhere. Right, exactly. So, you know, it, building those habits, building that momentum, it's a lot like keeping promises to yourself. And it is, it, it is keeping a promise to yourself that you're going to 
face the challenge and do the hard things. The more that you keep the promise to yourself, the more you trust yourself, the more you build that confidence, right? Same thing. The more you continue to do the hard things, the more confidence you build that you can do the hard things and you'll continue to do them. Yeah, definitely. And it's goes kind of like, I think as you start to build habits and you kind of start to explore, like one of my, one of my like probably most used like thoughts is I always am prioritizing discipline over motivation because especially at different stages in our life, I just, people are always like, how are you always so motivated? I'm like, I'm not like even Eric the other day was like, you need to like stop complaining and just do it. And I'm like, I just do it. But sometimes I'm complaining while I'm doing it. (laughs) Like, Oh my God, me too. (laughs) And so it's like, if you, but if you develop those habits, then it becomes just discipline. Like for me, I'm not motivated to get up at 5 a.m. I'm not motivated to train at 5.30 in the morning. I'm not motivated to train and then get on the Peloton after. It's just what I do because I'm disciplined because, number one, I value myself. I value my health. I value my life, and I want to live longer. So these things all roll in together. But if I hadn't started small with originally starting a fitness journey in 2011, which talk about looking at the big picture, like, how are you so motivated? I don't know. I've been doing it for nine years. Like it's not an overnight thing. Don't expect yourself to just wake up one day and be like, yeah, 5am going to train. Here we go. Like, sure. You might flip that switch, but also maybe you should start getting up at like 6am if you're used to sleeping till eight, like don't be be realistic. So yeah, I mean, I just think that be disciplined with yourself. And that comes back to, you know, being honest with yourself too. And kind of the ownership that we were talking about, you know, because there, that's the place where discipline is developed is when you are just being raw and honest with yourself about like, I am not taking care of myself. I am not moving in the direction that I want to like create some rules and some boundaries for yourself because discipline will always, always come through when motivation doesn't. It's so important. Like that discipline. Yeah. It's just like you said, that discipline is there when the motivation isn't like if you don't have that discipline and you don't have the motivation, you're, you're screwed. Like Mm -hmm. you're just going to continue, like just being honest, you're going to continue to sit in the hard place and not do anything. I think back, it's funny you say the whole like, you know, 5am workout thing. I think back into when I started doing 5am workouts, I said I would never, ever be that person that wakes up before I have to. Like, ever, ever. Me too. Me too. And I kept going to the gym at like 7 p.m. at night and doing these half-ass workouts because I was tired from my entire day. And I was like, at the time, you know, our schedule, because Mike's work schedule kind of dictated that we had to go late at night. And I was just like, this is not working for me. Like, I, you know, I'm going and I'm not doing anything. And the hard thing was, you know, I was going to have to change it. So I was getting, you know, I was getting what I wanted out of it, what, what was important to me. And so having that discipline to start getting up at 5 a.m. was not easy. And it's still not easy. But I've created that habit by doing the hard thing. And that's, you know, the discipline is there that I'm going to do this because it's important to me. It's something important that you said was it's something that you value, right? Mm-hmm. And having that this is definitely a different conversation for a different day, but having those things listed out that are values to you and knowing what your values are 
really helps with that discipline piece that will be there when the motivation's not. Yeah, absolutely. And like most of this, like a Another thing that's really important when over trying to overcome anything, be it a big or a small challenge, is going to be, you know, how you manage your time and how you're creating a plan. Because a lot of this, like if it's a spur of the moment, something arises like the flat tire or you get fired or something like that, that you're like, you know, caught with your pants down, it's like, okay, it, the creating a plan is not so much about creating a plan prior but having the perspective to create a plan now, like that's the, what can I do from here, you know? And then before that, the preventative is managing your time better and creating a plan when you can, but for the things that you don't know what's going to happen, it's like, okay, what can I do? What's my plan here? Because if you have a plan on how you're going to conquer something, you at least have your steps laid out to where it's like, okay, I can see that this is going to be 17 steps, but I'm at least going to take one of them today because that will get me a little bit closer. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, so something I talk about with my leadership team a lot, you know, as a leader, you have to be very organized. You have to have your time managed well. But a lot of times when you're leading other people, other people are unpredictable, that's mm-hmm. something that's completely out of your control. And in the particular position that I'm in, um, a lot of it is, you know, on a Saturday I could get a phone call that something has happened and I've got, you know, 20 other people I have to worry about, but I also have to worry about this thing that's happened now and I have to tackle it. You have to be able to prioritize in those situations, like what's on fire and what requires immediate attention and what can be put on the back burner. So I talked to my team a lot about you have to be able to create that plan in an instant and not just like let it overwhelm you. So it's all about having the the skill set to take that beat, take a breath, look at the situation, talk about what you can control, and then create a plan from there. So yes, creating a plan to handle challenges when they arise and being preventative about it is crucial. Yeah, definitely. And our our last thing here that we want to give you guys, and we've, we kind of touch on all these things throughout, but you know, the biggest thing here is how are you viewing this? You know, when something comes up, if you are the person that's like, this is the end of the world, this, I'm not going to make it through, then it's going to be much harder to make it through. If you are the person that's like, okay, this feels like the end of the world right now. If you sit in that sadness or that disappointment for a period of time, like that's okay. But then you have to work on flipping that switch of your perspective to the, what can I do? And one of my clients said it best. And I've mentioned this before is viewing it as your launching pad. And something that I always say is it's turning obstacles into opportunities. Like that's one of the things that's repeated because that's just a perspective switch. Like you can look at, you get fired from your job. You're like, what am I doing now? Whatever. And then 10 years later, you look back and you're like, if I hadn't gotten fired from that job, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have met this person. I wouldn't have lived in this place. I would have gotten to this opportunity to where I actually got to find my passion and my purpose on this completely different career path. So it's something to be thought about, you know, is 
every obstacle can be turned into an opportunity. You can choose because it is a conscious choice. You can always choose to look at that rock bottom as your launching pad. Like consider it your starting point for something new. I love that launching pad idea. I actually had that happen to me and that's how I ended up where I am today. If I hadn't been like laid off from a job when I was 18, I would have never ended up in sales. I would have never ended up in the role that I'm in now. Um, So letting that be your launching pad, I absolutely love that. I think that's a really great term. And it's all about your perspective too. Like how you, yeah, how you view things, turning those obstacles into opportunities. I think that's a really great term to use. Every obstacle is an opportunity to learn something, to grow, to impact somebody else. And I love that. Yeah. All right. So do we want to talk about next week, Kelsey? Yeah. So next week we have episode 14 and we are talking to Lindsay Hall. Um, Mindy, tell us a little bit about Lindsay and what we're going to be talking about with her. So we're going to talk all about some of the hard things that Lindsay has gone through to get to where she is today. Lindsay is an author. She has a blog called I Haven't Shaved in Six Weeks, which I can't wait to learn more about that. I think that's really funny. She is a journalist and speaker. She's been uh, on Today. She's been in Cosmo. So I'm really, really excited to learn more about her story and chat with her and have you guys learn about her too. Yeah, it should be fun. I love our interviews and just our our connections that we get to make with all these people who have struggled. What does she struggle with specifically? Does she talk about any of it? Uh, PCOS has been, was a big thing for her. Um, and uh, she also went through an eating disorder. Awesome. So I'm sure that'll be really helpful for people who have struggled through the same things to hear how she came came and got through all of those things. So another good story, but thank you guys so much for listening today. I hope that whatever challenges that you're facing, whatever obstacles arise that you feel like you can shift your perspective a little bit and use some of these tools that we've given you today. And as always, please make sure that you subscribe so you get all of our new episodes. Leave us a rating and a review. If you love us, we appreciate it. And our email inboxes and DMs on Instagram are always open if you guys need to chat about anything. So we will talk to you guys next week. Don't forget to live bravely today. If you are a CEO or entrepreneur, I want to invite you into a space that's unlike anything out there. CEO Power Hour is a free monthly live experience that you can join in person or virtually to get your questions answered to fulfill the desires for your business. Inside this room, you bring your biggest goal, the obstacles you are experiencing, or anything you want my expertise, eyes, and ears on. This guidance, along with the ideas and inspiration from other powerful women, allows you to be fully immersed in the energy of being supported and learn in a completely new way so that you can expand your business and your life to the next level. I created CEO Power Hour to bring together powerful business owners for connection, collaboration, and coaching. This is your invitation, and it's free. The link is in the show notes, so I hope to see you at our next monthly meeting.